Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner podcast. The following is an interview with Whitney Bevins. Coach Bevins is the current head girls cross country coach for Westfield High School. Despite her questionable taste in fast food breakfast, Coach Bevins had a lot of powerful and insightful things to say. Even though this was my first extended conversation with Coach Bevins, I enjoyed it a ton and learned a lot. Uh, before we get to the interview, I just want to say thank you all for supporting the podcast. All the positive feedback I got from interview number one meant a ton. Uh, this is my first time doing anything like this, and I'm excited to continue to grow and to shed light on all, on all the amazing people that uh, make our sport great. So thank you all again. And now, without further ado, I hope you all enjoy my conversation with Coach Bevins. Coach Bevins, welcome to the Indiana Runner Podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to start this episode off a little bit differently. We're going to open with what I call tear talk. Uh, so I definitely did not steal this from another podcast. Definitely my own idea. Okay. So we're going to uh, take a subject and we're going to rank our top three favorite things in that subject. If that makes sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. So. What we're going to do this week is top three favorite fast food restaurant breakfasts. Oh, uh, my language, Josh. Yeah, there we go. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, okay, you go ahead. I'm ready. I mean, that's the easy answer for me, but you go ahead. Okay, cool. So I'll start with number three and go up. So number three, I have Wendy's. Uh, I've actually only been there once for breakfast, but I thought it was really good. And then maybe like a week later, I went to go try it again. And I sat at like the ordering window for like 10 minutes and nobody was there. And so I just like haven't been back since, but I was pretty <laughs> impressed. Like they, I think they just started rolling out their breakfast. Like, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago. And I was, I was impressed. Okay. I'll, I'll try it. It's not on my list. Okay. There we go. Uh, number two, Chick-fil-A. So I actually, where I work is like two minutes from a Chick-fil-A. And anytime I go into the office, like I always go to the grocery store telling myself I'm going to buy groceries and make breakfast before I leave. But every time I end up just going to Chick-fil-A as I'm headed to the office. So that's number two. And the number one is the OG McDonald's. Um, <laughs> you're not a fan? No. Go, oh, but it's man. Like, no judgment. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like I just, I just kind of grew up on mcdonald's breakfast uh, i have like fond memories of like freshman sophomore year high like summer training my mom picks me up and like whole way home i'm just begging her to pick me up some mcdonald's breakfast so i think just the nostalgia and the kind of the the ogs that's that's why they're my number one it's a good it's a good pick thank you um, thank you yeah the, the triangle uh hash browns it's pretty legit yeah <laughs> yeah there you go all right you're up Okay. Okay. So we match on number two. Uh, number three okay. uh, for me, Starbucks impossible breakfast sandwich. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not vegetarian vegan, but I like, I do like that sandwich. Okay. Uh, number two, Chick-fil-A. There we go. Yeah. The chicken minis and the chicken biscuit. For it's sure. So good. Okay. Number one, shout out 
uh, Coach Haskell in Winnemac uh, for introducing me to Casey's Breakfast Pizza. What what is that? Okay, so first of all, Casey's is a gas station. Uh-huh. Uh, if you know anything about Whitney? I'm skeptical skeptical about gas station food, so I was a little <laughs> yeah. try breakfast pizza from a gas station, but it's so good. What what all is on it? Okay, so it's like this cheese sauce, and you can get it with gravy sauce too if you want. Um, <laughs> it's it's just unbelievable. You have to try it, Josh. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> cheese sauce like the cheese again uh eggs uh, you can get it with sausage or bacon uh and then like the like gravy drizzled on top it's it's so good okay i'll take your word for it this is one of those things that's like sitting in the like rotisserie <laughs> or like it's oh, sitting yeah there absolutely absolutely okay. now you can call and order one fresh oh there you um, go yeah so from us i think uh brownsburger cicero is the closest casey's okay yeah i was gonna say i don't think i've driven past one in a while <laughs> The next time I do, maybe I'll stop in. 100%. There we go. Okay. Uh, so we're going to go kind of take a journey through your story, your timeline, starting with like how, kinda, how you got into running, beginnings through college, post-college, things like that, your own running career. Then we'll go into coaching, how you got into coaching, and then we'll wrap up with a little coach's corner. How does that sound? All right. I like it. Cool. Uh, so yeah, I'll start from the beginning. How, how'd you get into running? How did you start? Well, uh, my dad was a Marine, uh, an ex-Marine at the time. Uh, and so structure and exercise was just a part of our childhood. And so he, he was a runner, uh, late later in life. And so he kind of got me into running and, and yeah, and take, I grew up in the kind of when Westfield was, uh, country roads. And so we were, were kind of required to go on some runs as kids. And um, and then it, yeah. And then I, I think when I was just allowed really to take uh, or go, let's start cross country at Westfield was really when it started. Um, but I was introduced to running at an early age. Okay. And, yep. Cool. So you grew up in Westfield? I did. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. when did you start like running for the school or running like organized? Uh, so Westfield back then, uh, you could run in sixth grade for cross country which I think is still the case. Um, I actually quit cross country my sixth grade year because <laughs> um, I was a, I was a dancer or ballerina. I was ballerina and gymnast and wasn't quite ready to give that up yet. And then seventh grade season um, ran again. No, that was, I, no, that's false information. Fifth grade, I apologize. Fifth grade, quit fifth grade season, ran in sixth grade. Um, and I think just found I was pretty good so stuck I decided to stick with it at that point in sixth grade okay so early on was it like you were good at it so you stuck with it or did you like it at all I don't you know I don't really remember I think I've always been really competitive and then yeah I was I think I was just good uh like sixth yeah. grade I, was, I think maybe one of the top sixth graders to finish in county at for the Hamilton County meet and even still to this day like Chuck Eppen like we'll tell the story that he tried to recruit me over to Carmel as a sixth grader. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah. So I think I was just good, and that kind of, you know, like thrived. I thrived on that probably. You know, being good, and then, you know, you get positive attention from that, and that's mm-hmm. so that kind of keeps you going. And then, you know, I think the love came later, but, um, yeah. Okay. So how long did you stick with gymnastics? I did that for years. I I had to give it up. I think seventh or eighth grade because the running became the focus. 
and it was just too much to do both. Um, yeah, the, the time to train for, to do ballet and gymnastics was equally as much as it should take to, you know, for the training with running and I just couldn't do both. So I think through, yeah, late, late middle school, I gave that up and because clearly running was, was probably the better choice for me once, once I kind of got started. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what was high school like? What was training like, the culture, things like that? Uh, so funny, I think, you know, most people know Westfield, how it is now. And my freshman year, we had a different coach. Litzkin came my sophomore year. So my first okay. year at Westfield, it was Scott Miller, uh, still a great person. Um, happy. I was glad I had the experience of him coaching me my freshman year. But Westfield only had, we only had five girls my freshman year to make a team. Uh, um, this was pretty small. And I loved it. So, you know, I was uh, six in the state as a freshman in the 3,200. Um, missed. Wow. True story is 26th my freshman year in cross country. And that's still devastating. Oh, man. <laughs> um, and then sophomore year, Litzkin came. And I think that's really the start of Westfield cross country was when Litzkin started um, mm -hmm. in coaching right out of Butler. He graduated from Butler and immediately took over our program my sophomore year. And okay. we went from being, you know, pretty much nobody, a small, a small country um kind of farm school to my sophomore year um not making the state and then we were 11th at state my junior year and then we were state champions my senior year um you know so he really built the culture of kind of what Westville cross country is today um and kind of you know to to an extent what I I think uh as as a coach now of Westfield kind of I use a lot of what he um started um, to to build our program up now yeah absolutely so how how big was Westfield at this point like the <laughs> actual school uh, right now uh how about right now and then and then when you were there um I think we're close to 2500 now and yeah. it was I had 150 in my graduating class um, yeah so it's changed quite a bit so you know I don't it was maybe about 700 students when I went okay and what years was that so, oh, you're going to age me right away. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I graduated in 99. Okay. Yep. Okay. And then, so was it in high school where you started to fall in love with running? Or did yeah. it still kind of yeah, a love-hate thing? So probably freshman year, I think more uh, was realizing like, okay, I'm, you know, again, pretty good at this. And I and I do enjoy it. I like, I like the training. I like the challenge of the training. Um, I like the structure it provides. Um, and I like just, yeah, being able to push myself, um, within a team practice and on my own. Um, so yeah, I think kind of starting then and then, you know, but the sport, as you know, changes and evolves as long as it's in your life. Um, so yeah, kind of just started probably being forced to be at practice and then, um, learn to love it in different ways later. Awesome. Do you have a, like a favorite memory from your time at Westfield or anything that sticks out? Uh, uh, I mean, it's so people that know the sport in Indiana history know that um, I think when um, and yeah, so when we won in 98, uh, like we maybe had 15 girls on the team. Carmel was a powerhouse uh, as you know, as they are today. And the Carmel team at the time um, was undefeated. So the girls I room with from freshman year, senior, they were completely undefeated um, for those for those four years. Um, and so, yeah, so the, the, how it went. So before before the Internet, uh, they would 
true story. So back, so it was at Bloomington my senior year, the state cross country meet, and they would write the they would write the schools and their points, you know, from last to first. Mm-hmm. And so it got down, you know, the top five. And probably one of the coolest moments of my high school career was when, uh, and, I, and I think the entire state of Indiana, or at least anybody that was at the meet that year, not the entire state, but anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When they wrote C, uh, when they wrote, I remember it, when they wrote C in the, in the line for second, like, like the uh, entire yeah. place just erupted. Um, because at that time it was a big deal for a really small school to, you know, kind of defeat or um, be a, a big school like Carmel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so for me, that was, I mean, that was, that was just a memory that will forever, I think, yeah, that sticks with me and that I share with my, my girls now. Awesome. That's really, so was it close? Like it could have gone either way? I think 20 points. Um, okay. Lidskin is a statistician. He would know exactly. I think it was twenty points. I think it was twenty points. Okay. So cool. it, yes, close in a state meet. Close. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after high school, did you go on to run in college? I did. <laughs> yes and no. Yes. Um. So I did run at IU for a period of time. Okay. So how, you know, how was that? Um, frustrating. Yeah, okay. frustrating. Um, my college career is is if there's a regret uh in my running career it was my college career um I struggled transitioning from high school to college and, and maybe a lot of athletes do um I I had two stress fractures in my first two years and mm. and just yeah kind of struggled like all around with injury and I think just acclimating in general uh so I only ran two years at IU and I would say really didn't even you know run or compete that much because of injury and, and that's kind of, yeah, oddly like, yeah, took a break from running in that time. Um, so yeah, looking back, that's definitely a time in my life, uh, in running where I would, I wish I could, you know, have a do over or make you do it over. Yeah. Um, we're gonna skip ahead just for a second to coach's sure. corner. Is there anything, I don't know, there may be some young athletes listening to this podcast that think about running in college or even they're in college now running. Would you have any words of wisdom you'd give to make that transition a little smoother? Yeah, I think one just really do what you want to do. Like I definitely mm-hmm. went to IU, I think for some of the wrong reasons. And I think if I had gone really to where I wanted to go, it may have been a different story altogether. Um, so really follow what you want. It's a time it's tricky. You know, there's a lot of people I think at that point in your life make, trying to like in give you advice and guidance and and that's great like use that but definitely kind of do what feels right for you visit a small school visit a big school uh don't think d3 or d2 is like below you and don't think d1 is beyond you mm-hmm. um or even naia like try you know visit all the schools and kind of just um and i do encourage athletes at least my athletes like to visit a school out of state like kind of go visit somewhere you think you you know you may never thought you would like um and you know it at least give yourself the chance to try someplace out of state even if you end up going in state like that's great but try it's an awesome time in your life to try to you know go explore yeah absolutely that's really good advice especially coming out of grade school when you're surrounded by the same people for Mm -hmm. 12 plus years it can be really hard to like branch out and do something on your own or I don't know it can be scary yeah to like test those waters so I really like that that advice. Yeah. So yeah, we've got and I, yeah, I 
I have I have an athlete now at uh, College of Charleston, and she's thriving. She's loving it, and so I'm really just happy. And that's where she wanted to go, and I mm-hmm. love it. Support her, and I'm so glad that she kind of just took that opportunity to do that. That's awesome. So those last two years at IU, did you you didn't run at all, or what? Uh, no, that was probably one of the bigger uh, breaks in my running. Mm. I think I started exploring running more for myself and on my own. Mm. I remember training for, I think, a half marathon. I Training, I don't even know what I was doing. I, yeah. On my own, I was like, I knew I have to run more miles. Um, you know, there weren't any real workouts. I wasn't working with a coach. So I was figuring out for the first time in my life, I think, I think running on my own and what mm. that meant to me. And so, you know, I, in, so in some way I, I appreciate that experience and getting to do that. Yeah, I for think sure. A big part of uh, my lifelong love for running was under like understanding that I do love it for myself. Um, and not just because I'm forced to be at practice every day. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely relate, relate to that. So I, so I ran for Fishers yep. um, and like I was, I was a decent runner. Like I was a, like a high 16 guy, which is. Uh, it's like varsity, but not like D1 colleges yeah. are knocking down my door. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to go to Purdue. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to go there anyways. Might as well like try to walk on. Mm-hmm. And so the summer before my freshman year of college, I like was training myself. And like, I, I really enjoyed running. I, I would say I loved it while I was in high school. But similar to you, like making my own training plan and like doing my own workouts, my own uh, like everything I, I like really started to fall in love with the sport and um I don't know you just like find your own way in it and I didn't end up running at Purdue <laughs> but uh that was like the beginnings of my love for running and just like really getting hands-on with it were you on the run club there um I wasn't actually I kind of just I don't know why I didn't compete with them uh, or run with them but I kind of just did my own thing Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of similar to you I was like kind of off and on uh with running in college I actually spent two years as an assistant for west side so okay. that was cool ran with them a lot um but yeah it's a lot of just like finding my way with running yeah. and then just college in general as you know that's crazy time yeah no that's it's yeah I think there's a lot of it's a tough transition that a lot of athletes don't necessarily anticipate and mm-hmm. I don't know there's always a lot of support for just how different it's going to be once you get there as a, you know, regardless of any, you know, any level, but D1, D1, I was not prepared for D1 running, certainly. Yeah. Uh, so you graduate from IU. Yep. Um, what follows that? Oh gosh. Are you ready? Uh, <laughs> I think so. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so grad school, uh, okay. I, so I'm a registered dietitian by, I guess profession and so did grad school became an RD and then immediately following my program. So, uh, I worked for a year and then joined the Peace Corps. And so running, this is a period of Whitney's life where running really wasn't, um, a big part. Um, I did actually that, no, that's not true that my first experience with coaching came during grad school. I was living at home and I started helping actually with Westfield boys cross country. I was an assistant to uh, the former coach, uh, Greg Albert, who's a good friend of mine. And that was my first introduction to, yeah, coaching uh, while I was in grad school. And yeah, and I loved it. I loved it. And, um, but I wanted to explore. I went overseas for two years with the Peace Corps. 
um, did nutrition work. There was no running on the equator on a tiny little island. And so running was not in my life for a while. And it I missed it. I missed it a lot. Um, I think it certainly impacted. That was the first time I learned that running was a part of me. Mm. And that without it, I struggled like mm. just as a person. And so it was, it was probably good for me to learn that lesson. Um, but so, yeah, uh, it was overseas, kind of moved home. Um, oh, gosh, I'm all over the place. Uh, I moved to Colorado. I uh, lived in California, lived uh, in Washington State, not really running a whole lot. Um, finally kind of moved back. I actually worked for New Balance um, as a sales rep oh, cool. um, for a bit. And that, I think, actually got me kind of back into running in my late 20s. Mm -hmm. and um being around the running again i loved it i loved being at race expos and and that i think started something for me back like i really missed this and i remember before the 2012 olympic trials i um saw some women from Indianapolis training in qualifying for the trials and was like i can do that there we go and i was like wait a second i can do that and that that kind of jump started uh, running again for me in my early thirties. Um, and I was back in Indianapolis and started running with a training group here called PBT and got into marathoning. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Uh, so going back a couple of years, how did you get uh, involved as an assistant with Westfield? Um, did you know, like when you were running at IU or your time at IU that you wanted to potentially coach in the future? Or? No, I mean, it was never that, you know, that straightforward plan of I'm going to be a teacher and then coach. Um, no, I, I, so when I wasn't running at IU, I helped out with Bloomington South um, for a little bit. Okay. And then when I was in grad school, like running has always been just a part of who I am. And so in, in some capacity, I found it. Again, in grad school, I helped out with Westfield as a boys assistant. And then another period of my, t my life, I was back in Indiana and, um, helped out with actually Hamilton Southeastern under Joe Golden for a okay. time. Um, and then again, I was in the state, um, I helped. So then I was like, well, wait, I should probably be coaching with coach Lidskin if I'm in the state and I'm <laughs> coaching. Um, so then I remember I, um, left Southeastern and, uh, was Lidskin's assistant. Um, for a period of time before moving out of state again. Uh, I was fairly nomadic in my 20s. Um, awesome. So, but yeah, no, it's kind of just anytime I was in the area, it just felt right to be a part and back at Westfield helping out. Okay, cool. So how how did you come into this role as the so, head coach? Yeah. Um, yeah, so in 20, yeah, I guess it's been four years now, 2019, I was a, I actually had a job at the blind school and okay. as a dietitian. And it was the first time I had a job that lined up with coaching hours working at school. And uh, Litskin asked if I could help with camp in the summer. And he's like, you know, you can stick around if you want. And that was it. Like I was, then I was his assistant that fall in 2019. And he was talking about stepping down in a couple of years. And I'm not sure I had a choice. Um, kind of, <laughs> like there's this talk of like, okay, Whitney, so when you take over, um, and I was terrified, uh, and, but it's the most right thing I've ever done. Mm. I think in my life, um, it just, it fit, it fits, it still fits. Um, 
So I was with his assistant for two years, two seasons before he stepped on and took over. And um, yeah, this is my second season as head coach. Okay, cool. Uh, so how's it been so far? First two years? Uh, it's good. Good. Uh, it's, it's a lot of time. It's, it's hard. It's challenging. Um, some days I, I'm tired and I don't always want to be there, but I love it. And, um, I probably never loved a job more. Um, it's going really well. I, I think I'm learning each season is different. Um, you know, the, the, the talent, just the dynamic of each group of girls is different. Um, you know, where I'm at in my own life is different. So how I'm going to coach is probably different and or will be moving forward mm. season to season. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, there's a picture of me from the Brownsburg meet last week. And like, I, I don't, I'm a fairly serious person, I guess. So it's like mm -hmm. one of the, like, I guess a parent take a picture and I'm smiling and it's, it's definitely like when I'm Saturday morning, it's one of the few times I like, I guess I'm like genuinely like happy and joyful mm. um, is being with my team. That's awesome. So looking back, like during the, the times that you were like traveling and mm -hmm. um, doing different things around the world, like what did what'd you learn from that time that's allowed you to be a better coach now? Um, I guess, I, I yeah, I guess I, I think just that my time away from running has taught me a lot. Mm. Um, I, and I guess I probably the biggest impact for me is, and I don't, I don't say this to be, I guess, dramatic, but more that it's because it impacted me so much as a, as a person and as a runner um, was in 2009 um, when my father took his life. That for me was, where running really came in as more than just I was an athlete in the sport. Mm -hmm. It was that is the first time in my life like where running really became um something where I think I I for the first time I think used running in a new way in terms of uh, like you know in, in the sense of using it for healing mm. and stress relief and kind of uh exploration and um so yeah, that was probably the first time in 2009 where running became something other than just I'm training and I'm racing and that's what this is for. This is what I do. And it just became, that's really, um, uh, yeah, there's a new sense of running for me in 2009. And I think that was an important lesson for me to learn that running was just could be something very different. And I think that experience was impactful for me. Mm. And I use that in coaching with a lot of my girls that, you know, day to day are struggling with, you know, just different things in their life, you know, anxiety and stress and school and social life. And so we talk a lot about how running is not, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be something different in your life um, all the time. It's always changing. Sometimes you're using it towards a goal and sometimes it's, um, it's helping you just get through your day. Mm, that's awesome. I really appreciate you sharing that. Mm -hmm. uh, so you mentioned the, the picture of you smiling at the meet. Uh, like what is, what is it about coaching or seeing your girl succeed that, I don't know, makes you happy? I, um, I, yeah, I guess it's, I'll try to put that into words. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, I love it so much. And to see them, I think just 
come together like there's it's such a positive community and I think that every high school team is for the most part a really positive community for these girls and boys you know and seeing them achieve a goal that even so so I was recently offered I, I I'm coming back around I ramble a lot but I'm coming back around you're good. Uh, so I was offered um, an assistant coaching job at Butler this fall. And and one of the reasons I turned that down was when I had a freshman on my team this summer who's new to running completely entirely. And in the first week of practice ran one loop at so we trained at McGregor Park and she was able to do one loop and that was it. And then two weeks later when we were back at McGregor, she was able to run two laps without stopping. And to see her just so joyful and confident and excited. Ah, can you, okay, sorry. You're good. <laughs> uh, um, I thought, yeah, I hit something. Um, so to see her so feel like feel accomplished in that and to, in knowing that running brought her that uh, confidence and mm. um, joy was, it, it's, that's hard to walk away from and to be a part of that journey for her and and to see her grow as a person and as an athlete in the next four years and regardless of time, seeing her just be excited to progress in something that she probably never thought she was able to do is mm. really powerful. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought a lot. So I'm in my first year of coaching with Carmel and I thought a lot about that as well. Like, obviously we're, we're a pretty good team this year and a lot to get excited about on that front. Sure. But seeing guys improve, like, a minute two minutes between races and I don't know like running is just such a highly personal sport mm -hmm. um you learn that a little bit in high school more in college and then even after and even that's just hearing you talk about um what it meant for you in that time of healing it's just cool to see guys and girls improve and I don't know just the impact it has on their life and how it translates to other aspects of their lives uh, it's just something that's going to carry with them for the rest of their lives, really. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think you and I can both draw now that we're coaches, we can draw from that experience that we had in high school. And yeah, although not perfect, like still remembering that that experience was just, I think probably shaped us a little bit is, is what helps me as a coach is remembering that that experience was so positive and, and something I would never change. And so, yeah, trying to recreate that in some way for these kids, boys and girls alike, is is really, I think it really special that we get to be in that role. Absolutely. So it's only been a couple of years, but what are some of the, the highs, the lows, some of the maybe key moments or key lessons you've learned so far? Um, to I, just learning to be my own coach. Um, you know, I had pretty big shoes to fill with Coach Litskin. Uh, he was my, you know, he was my coach. He created an incredible program at Westfield. You know, uh, four, yeah, four, four times state champions, uh, and and national um, Nike national representatives. Um, so it's a lot to fill. And I, my first season definitely was just kind of following along a little bit, and not necessarily I was thinking for myself and um, doing a much better job with it this year of kind of making my own decisions and like, you know, this is what I want to do and this is how I want to guide our program. And these are things I want to change and work on. And 
So being just a little bit more confident in myself as a coach. And I think that'll continue to evolve too. Um, yeah, certainly the challenges are just sometimes it's the day-to-day -day grind. You know, <laughs> as a coach, you don't get a lot of breaks and you work another job and mm -hmm. that can be tiring and have to be on all the time for the kids. You know, I, I feel that obligation to be on when I'm with them. And sometimes you don't want to, you know, sometimes you're tired and, or you've had a bad day at work and trying to have to put that aside can be challenging day-to-day. Uh, -day. And then, um, you know, and just dealing with the kids sometimes, you know, their negativity and drama sometimes with girls is, mm -hmm. is really hard. It's difficult. And you take that home and um, you know, all you want to do sometimes you think as a coach, you're just going to do running and that's it. You're going to go to practice and you run. That's it. And, <laughs> um, it's not it. As you know, you know, you're dealing with injuries and you're dealing with um, girls that are struggling, you know, at home or, with something you know they break up with their boyfriend and you know and they're upset and and you've got to be there kind of for all those things and that's it's a lot yeah so. absolutely yeah I, I find myself like when i pull up to practice often i like sit in my car for a little bit longer than i should and just like like <laughs> yeah. resetting you know like we leave and work at work no matter how tired i am like i'm here for you know these yeah. kids to like build those relationships and um how do you balance like obviously like success is a, a big part of running and it, it is what partly makes it fun and enjoyable is like getting better and improving and having success. How do you balance that with, um, like you said, like there are things going on in their lives. You want to be a positive role model. Like, how do you, I don't know. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. And that's definitely something I'm learning or trying to be better, be more intentional at this year. So, you know, I competed at a very high level and ran the Olympic trials and as a marathoner. So I'm pretty driven as an athlete. And yeah. sometimes I have to remember that, you know, not all my girls are like that. And I have to mm. be better at finding that balance. And that's been definitely something this year that's been more intentional of. Um, so we joke, um, I am not so fun. And that's <laughs> what my assistant coaches are for. They're way more fun than I am. Um, <laughs> I'm very serious. I want to just, you know, like work hard and, and win. And I recognize that that's not, it's all about. And so I'm very grateful for my assistant coaches of helping me with that balance for sure. And, and the girls too, like trying to read them as a group and recognize like, okay, today needs to be a little bit more relaxed and um, cause it is, it is balance. If, if I think if girls are not having fun, then they're, they're not enjoying running. Um, and so trying to be better about making practice a little more enjoyable and I'm not always good at it. I, I, I promise I'm not, but again, I've tried to ask for help in that way. I asked the girls too, like you, if you've got a fun idea, let me know. Um, we'll, we'll do it. But that's not me. I'm not fun. I'm the non-fun <laughs> non coach. Um, you know, I, I just want to grind. I want to train and, and win and, you know, but that's not all it's about. And, and the best parts of coaching are not, are certainly not in, yeah, in those workouts. Some moments are, you know, when you connect with an athlete and, or just see the smallest progress. So trying to be better about that for sure. Yeah. I think that's a huge aspect or huge key to success of being a good coach is, I don't know, like being honest with who you are. And like you said, like surrounding yourself with people that maybe like balance you out. If you know that you're not the fun coach, hiring someone who's a little bit more fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really smart. Uh, are you the fun coach, Josh? I think so. I, don't know. <laughs> I think I'm pretty fun. Yeah. But it's, it's easier in the assistant. It's it's much easier to be the fun coach in the assistant role. Yeah, for sure. And I'm like pretty, I'm some 26. So I'm like mm-hmm. still kind of in touch with what's like going on in their lives and things like that. So it's easier to, I don't know, be the fun coach when you're a little bit yeah. younger. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm not. The, the girls are teaching me words. Um, um, you know, I'm supposed to be, <laughs> like slay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have two younger sisters, so I'm pretty familiar with, <laughs> with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a new word every week. It's hard to keep up with. Yeah. They teach me things and when I'm supposed to say, when it's not appropriate to say. Like, <laughs> yeah. Tonight, I'm supposed to say pineapple. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Don't me either. There we go. There you go. Shout out Westfield. There you go. <laughs> nice. Um, so what is it like being a female coach in a mostly male space? Yep. Um, yes. I, and I thought a lot about this question. Um, it's difficult. Um, mm. It's difficult. I think frustrating. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy there. The hardest part is I, I come to the sport with um, you know, a background as a high school athlete, as a collegiate athlete, as a Olympic trials runner, and as a dietitian, a registered dietitian. And, mm-hmm. um, and there's still, it feels like sometimes that you still have to, as a female coach, like uh, prove yourself all the time. Um, you know, like, like that, like my resume is not enough and that's really frustrating. Mm. Um, you know, like we were, we were eighth last year at state and that's the first time Westfield been the state beat in five to six years, five, I think. And we were the only team in the top 15, I think that had not been to the state meet the prior year. Mm. Um, and in pretty much any scenario where I'm, with other male coaches, the coaches clinic or otherwise, um, not a single single coach will ask me what I'm doing. Mm. Um, yeah, what's going on? Also, like, what are you doing? No, there are a few. Like, there are, there are a few. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's a yeah. Shout out, <laughs> Coach Marshall. Um, yeah, Coach Wallace, uh, Coach Peterson, Coach Ashel. Um, so yeah, there's certainly a few that will will ask, but not many. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, that's really hard you feel like like you feel like a little bit like I get this and sometimes like oh well she did it last year but is she going to be able to be good two years yeah. ago and yeah that's, so that's that's hard it's really frustrating um it's it motivates me like um mm-hmm. it motivates me uh one of my biggest role models is uh Karen DeVries um who recently passed um and she's a you know the winningest female coach in Indiana and she's mm-hmm. a role model and certainly somebody I aspire, you know, I want to, um, like, yeah, I want to be as good as she was. Yeah, absolutely. So what would your, I guess, advice be to maybe a fellow female coaches in the space or someone, a young woman who's looking to, to get into the space? Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely worth it. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like no regrets. I, I love it and you'll love it. And, um, I try to connect with other female coaches, um, to, just have that um connection and partnership um but i also don't hesitate to connect with other male coaches like 
um, again, Colin and Taylor, you know, like they know, like I, I reached out to them. We, we text and same with coach Becker and Chad Wallace and again, coach Peterson, coach Oshel. Um, mm-hmm. I've never been like hesitant to reach out to other coaches. Um, Danny Fisher from, you know, Columbus North. Like, um, I've never, I've always asked questions and never kind of shied away from that. Um, so I encourage build those relationships and that's what I've tried to do kind of like insert myself. So. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> uh, how are you feeling about your team this year? How are things looking? Good. Uh, good. Yeah. Uh, again, I think June is always, Oh, uh, June, July are always kind of, you're, you're a little nervous because <laughs> you don't know how the puzzle pieces are going to come together. Right. Cause they're new. It's like a new puzzle. And mm-hmm. In June and July are like just kind of like putting the edges together and you're like, I don't even know what this like what you know, it's like it's like doing a puzzle without knowing what the picture is gonna look like. Yeah. And like yeah, June July is like you're kind of putting the edge pieces together and um you're like, I don't know, I have no idea what's gonna happen. And <laughs> uh, you know, because seniors graduate, you have new leadership, you have new freshmen coming in. Uh, you know, this is not new just to Westfield, but obviously every team and so yeah really kind of by august like yeah by now kind of early september you're starting to see a little bit more of the picture and i was really nervous this year i i was really confident last year i was like i just mm-hmm. had this feeling um i was like yeah we're gonna we're, we're gonna make it like i knew like without a doubt i was like 100 we're going to stay and and this year and again not i don't mean to like sound negative or or less confident just i wasn't sure you know like mm-hmm. in in our new dynamic and is September comes around. Like, um, I feel really good. I feel really good. My, I've had a lot of girls step up. We are a very young team and I have mm-hmm. girls learning all the time and improving. Um, and our number one girl, you know, it's like no secret Liz Smith, uh, was injured all summer mm-hmm. and she's out of the boot now. And, um, yeah, love her to pieces. And she's excited to be back running again. Like the girl loves running. Um, and, so just excited. Yeah. I think I really have a really good outlook on our, the rest of our season. Awesome. Love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go to the coach's corner, is there anything mm-hmm. else about uh, your time so far at Westfield, even your own background that you want to, you want to touch on? Uh, that's what I was trying to um, think of some stuff. Well, okay. Well, one yeah. more question. What was it like uh, training for the Olympic trials and, that, that whole kind of skip yeah. over that no it's okay um yeah it was incredible I yeah I loved it I was fortunate so I trained here for a while and um I qualified under so I I guess technically qualified even though I'd run the standard before I technically qualified in Twin Cities under uh for 2016 under a coach here Matt Eversall and kind of got to the point here in Indianapolis where I felt a little stagnant and my, a lot of my training partners were men and were kind of leaving running and was very fortunate to get connected out in Boulder with a coach there um, and had some good family friends, uh, the Martins, who let me stay with them. And so I was able to train in Boulder um, for a long time under Brad Hudson and then was, again, um, right before the trials, uh, switched to coaches to Steve Magnus down in Houston. Mm-hmm. And he trained me through the trials and I loved it. I loved grinding through hundred mile weeks, week and week after Like, I, I love it. I, um, I'm, I like pushing myself. I kind of like seeing what my body can do. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
yeah, I really love the training. It's hard. It's tiring. It's exhausting. It's kind of feel like it just consumes you, but, um, I, yeah, I absolutely loved it and was able to do, yeah, Twin Cities PR at Chicago, um, in 240, uh, 12 seconds, those 12 yeah. seconds. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. So loved it. I loved it. Like I, so I, I won my first marathon in 2012 in monumental marathon and I was hooked uh, like this. I, I think I was always meant for longer distances and just didn't know it until then. Mm-hmm. And still do. I love, yeah, I love running long, like five Ks. I hate five Ks. <laughs> I'll probably never race a mile again. Okay. Yeah. Do a marathon any day. Cool. Are you still training today at all? Some, not as much as I like, like there's always this hope, this goal, and then cross country season comes around and it's hard. I, everybody tells me it's hard to coach and train and like, I don't want to make excuses. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's just, is it's hard to get the mileage in. Um, so I run with the girls and I try to get a long run in on the weekends, Sunday and and that's it right now. That's just it right now. So I would like to, I'm signed up for Houston marathon in January. Um, oh, nice. That'll give me a, hopefully a solid training block after cross country ends. So cool. we'll see. Uh, something coach Warnicky said when I interviewed him uh, last week that I wish I would have lingered on, but when I was thinking about it, it really resonated. And like part of the reason that he got into coaching was to kind of fill maybe something that was missing from his own running mm-hmm. career. Yeah. And I like definitely resonate with that for sure. Do you, is there anything about that that resonates with you? Um, I, yeah, it definitely does. It's like, if you're not training on your own, coaching is the next best thing, I, mm-hmm. I think. And I love it. I get to still be around running every day. I get to, I get to pass along some of, so many of the things that I've learned I think, on to girls and hope that they'll um, find love in running in some way. Mm-hmm. even if it's not competitive that they'll you know they'll continue to do it so and no it's absolutely something like i'm so grateful to get to do that all the time um there's always a maybe like every coach maybe there's this always this little piece of you that's like okay uh, like i wanna i wanna train on my own and i still have personal mm-hmm. running goals um and i do like i really do like there's still a goal i'd love to go i would love to run the olympic trial standard um i would love to train for ultras mm-hmm. um if that never happens then I think I'm at peace that I, I get to coach now. That's awesome. Yeah. I was talking with, uh, one of the other assistants, coach Guffian, who was training for an ultra, I think it was in October and he was doing like his medium long run was like 20 miles and he was yeah. going like maybe like 30 miles for a long run. And he's got to the point where he realized that like, there's just other things in life at, at this stage of life that have to take precedent. Yeah. It's kind of, it's like, kind of a bittersweet realization like i don't know you can still train it at a decently high level but there are things that that just come before it sometimes mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah and yeah, same again that's just where i'm at right now is i wouldn't i wouldn't give this up that's like if i had to choose i would i would be training my girls that's awesome yeah now, uh, are you still are you still running at all kind of like I don't know. I'm not that old, like obviously, but I feel, I feel like my body, my body just won't cooperate anymore. I don't know. Thinking about how much, uh, like these kids race and run and how like quickly they bounce back. I'm just so jealous because I, I don't know. I would love to be training at a high level right now, or at least a decently high level, but it's just always something. My knees bother me. My hips bother me. So I'm trying to get back into it for sure. And 
yeah we'll see how it goes okay you should yes i encourage you again i was i was 30 when i ran my first marathon so nice yeah i've done a few halves which is a lot of fun um I, i'll definitely end up doing a marathon eventually okay. but haven't yet so okay cool yeah so anything anything else come to mind before we move on to coaching corner i don't yeah no i don't think so okay cool all right first question in the coaching okay. corner all right is please. for the assistant coaches out there um how do they best support their head coach okay and i um have an incredible group of women who support me and um who are on our staff and um you know again it, it's 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 evolving for sure i'm not the best delegator so that's not always great but they've i think they're just finding their strength right um finding their strength and go with it and um so coach padgington is like she's my like right hand right hand woman and she is she's a math teacher at westfield she's a statistician um like she is organized i'm not um so she does all of our you know our dad our splits for meets she puts it in our our google doc and i am forever grateful for that because that is just not how my brain works and <laughs> um it's incredible and, and she's so good at that and and, she, and I, I don't know if she loves it because i don't know if you love doing it but thank you um, <laughs> you're amazing at it and you know and, and coach lee is is just so just positive with the girls and and encouraging and kind and and good with hugs and you know it just really <laughs> they they need that and that's not a role i can you know do day to day and so they just and again we all run all of our staff from with the girls um we're very grateful to have um a group of women that that love running and get to share that with the girls every day um and so just i think finding their strength um coach coach sloan and coach hudson again just incredibly supportive women um and so positive and encouraging to all of our girls and um yeah coach sloan is always just on it with what can i do to help you in any way coach hudson brings me coffee i mean that's like, <laughs> <laughs> more can you ask right no they're they're way they do way more than that but they're just yeah they're amazing so supportive of me and the girls they help me i'm kind of the vision and they're great with logistics again meet not me um i'm kind of just used to training on my own and like yeah I'll just i'm just gonna go run 20 miles wherever and they you know they're like whitney maybe we should think about stopping for water I'm like <laughs> we should do that um so just all the time they're 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 kind of my planners and um helping with logistics um, things I don't think about, I don't have kids, they do. So again, they, they're kind of also thinking from maybe some like a, like a mom standpoint, sometimes of like just general like safety mm -hmm. <laughs> that I might not consider, uh -huh. um, cause I'm just on my own. Um, so yeah, I think they just like find your strength as an assistant coach and, and really go with it. And, and they're great at communicating with me. Like, Hey, what do you think about this? And, um, so yeah, I, I guess cool. that's advice. Yeah, no, that's good. I like what you said earlier too about kind of you guys balance each other out. Mm -hmm. um, they pick up where you have a little bit of a weakness. So it sounds like you have a really good team over there. I do. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very lucky. It's like um, Coach Paddington was gone. Sorry, I have a lot of dogs. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, it's like six dogs entering the room right now. Um, <laughs> hey guys. Um, so 
Yeah, I think Coach Fagan she was gone for a few days over the summer. It was like chaos. Like nobody has to <laughs> for anything. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's we're we're really organized because of, yeah, really because of her. And uh, um, I'm not sure what was so cross country would look like uh-huh. without my assistant coaches. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I say that I'm an assistant coach, but. <laughs> Just pat myself on the back there. You should. You should, Josh. You're doing yeah. a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Advice for young head coaches just starting out. Um, I think I think separate yourself. Um, you know, like I again, I, it's probably easy kind of looking back because I was in grad school when I was uh, first coaching. And I think it's great to have like the I think as a, an assistant, it's different. If you're a head coach, I think you have to separate yourself and you know like establish yourself as the head coach and it doesn't you know I'm I'm young maybe and that's okay but I have experience and I'm taking this real seriously and I think you know that you try to like they have to like the athletes um need to respect that regardless of your age um you're the coach and that they should respect you and um yeah um yeah that's that's that'd be a tricky one I think sometimes um but I guess that, I guess, yeah, just separate yourself and establish yourself as a head coach. And that's, um, be confident in that role. Um, and not so much, maybe the, if it, it'd be easier, maybe sometimes to be the the friend, if you're maybe a little younger, I don't mean to be that sound demeaning in any way, but, um, establish yourself, like take, take pride in that role and be confident in it. Yeah, absolutely. I, f- I feel like that's something I think about a lot as someone who's a little younger and in some ways, like I want to be that compliment to also vote as like the fun not that, he, mm-hmm. not that he's not fun but want to be like the like the fun assistant kind of thing but I also want like you're saying to establish myself as as a coach someone who you know I want yeah. to gain the respect so it is a tough balance because you you sure. also want to build those relationships as well yeah. and have them feel comfortable coming up to you telling you about different injuries different things that's going going on in their lives um yeah so it is a tough balance for sure yeah. Yeah, I think as an assistant, and I get, I was very lucky to be the assistant for most of those years um, to, to, again, at different ages, to establish those uh, relationships. Um, and I'm glad I really had that experience because that is a key part for these kids. Um, and yeah, and even as a head coach, right? Like you have to have those relationships. Um, as a young coach, I think, yeah, that would like, I think just being common in your experience, right? Like you were hired as the head coach for a reason. Like you have that experience. And um, you, you went through high school or maybe some college, I don't, you know, depending on the age, but yeah, you certainly have the experience to share that they do not, whether mm-hmm. you're, you know, right out of college or, or, you know, late twenties, like you have way more experience than they do. And like, just be, um, own that. And, um, I hope they, the student athlete like appreciates that. Absolutely. Uh, what advice would you have for athletes that I guess not supporting their coach, but I don't know. Like, yeah. What advice do you have for athletes underneath um, the head coach? I, mean, I think there has to be a buy-in, right? Like we did still mm-hmm. automatically get kind of that respect, right? Like, yeah, we're in the role. So I think there's a certain, like, like I think there is a certain respect earned there, but, um, but uh, the buy-in, you know, has to come from culture and other mm-hmm. athletes. And that's on us to, I think, create and provide that support um, for that buy-in to happen. Um for a new freshman or maybe a, a transfer in or again mm-hmm. some maybe a junior that's new to running um just 
I think it's on us to kind of uh, provide and create that buy-in. But I, what I tell my girls is, especially freshmen, that there's no age in running. Um, you know, there tends to be this pecking order. I'm a freshman, therefore I should be, you know, <laughs> I should be behind juniors and seniors. And we all know in our sport that that is not the case. So really encouraging my freshmen, sophomores to step up and don't be afraid to pass older girls. Um, and so that's something we talk a lot about. There's no age in running. Mm, absolutely. Uh, what would you say to coaches of girls programs specifically? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> be patient. <laughs> be mm. patient. Um, again, I think the word fun, Lidskin hates the word fun, but I'm going to use it. Um, I think <laughs> with girls specifically, it has to be practices. You know, there has to be, some more of those I think fun activities team building stuff I think that really matters in a girls program um, I'm not saying it doesn't in boys or, or um, but I think for girls they really have to there has to be that level of enjoyment there for the running to come um, it, again not in all situations but let's is like as, as a general um, um, I absolutely do not tolerate some of the mean girl stuff I don't know how else to say that um, I absolutely demand that practice is a safe and supportive place for all my athletes and for girls sometimes it's challenging because they can be mean spirited um and i do not tolerate that at all mm. i can't always prevent it hopefully i you know um but that's that's an absolute for me that practice is someplace that they feel safe and supported and enjoy and look forward to coming to so mm. some of that drama some of the gossip they know absolutely if i hear about it they're gonna hear from me mm. so that's, yeah. that's awesome Laying down the <laughs> yeah. i love it yeah yeah so girls can be challenging in that way um but yeah just i think letting them yeah finding the time to enjoy practice too sometimes um what kind of we hit on earlier um i am very big on i tend to be more but okay, they're they're very hard. They critique themselves a lot of, and I'm speaking to girls. Like I don't coach boys, so I don't know if this is similar. Girls critique themselves. They're they're part of themselves already, and so I try to find even maybe not as great a race something positive to say about it and what can we learn from, because they're already putting themselves down. Mm. And if I'm a role model, um, me putting them down doesn't help them. So I try to be positive regardless, um, unless again, you know, unless it's more of like a disciplinary situation, but, mm -hmm. um, in general, like they're already very hard on themselves. There's already probably a lot of, uh, lack of confidence. And so trying to build them up, even sometimes in a maybe not a great situation is helpful, I think. Mm. So. That's awesome. I love all that. Yeah. Uh, two more questions for you. Okay. Uh, what would your advice be to parents of athletes? How can they best support their child and the program? Uh, advocate for the sport mm. and that the uh, student athlete advocates for um, themselves and communicates with the coach um, that you know, we're, we're not, we're, not we're, all, we're all like really volunteers. We're not forcing any of the student athletes to be there. So, mm. but if they're going to commit to our, our team or our program, that you know those expectations are there and and that's that commitment's on them at that point and so advocate for the sport you know like advocate you you know 
as a parent, like you chose this, you chose to commit. And um, I think that's one of the biggest things is, you know, not pulling your athlete out for so many number of reasons I'm learning, you know, or, Hey, we're, you know, we're just going to miss three meets this season. Like, you know, like I think just advocate for the sport and what your son or daughter kind of signed up for helps us a lot in making the student athlete accountable um, for the commitment that he or she signed up for. That's awesome. All right. Last question for you. Uh, how do you develop a winning culture? Um, so obviously you're pretty new to the head coaching game, uh, two years into it. Seems Sounds like you're well on your way to developing that culture. Um, mm-hmm. But even drawing from your experience uh, in high school and then being an assistant as well. What are some of those key ingredients? Uh, key ingredients. Uh, shout out Jeff Schibel, number one fan of all time in Westbrook Cross Country. Um, so having, uh, I think, again, parent support. Uh, I I know not every coach is like this. I I like I like talking to my parents. I want them involved, you know, again, like <laughs> mostly. And yeah. you know, But having that support is big from the parents and um, open communication there uh, with the girls. Um, we haven't won yet, but when we win a state championship, I'll be better mm-hmm. able to speak on this topic. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a work in progress right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think for girls specifically, getting rid of that negativity, some of that that gossip, and recognizing that you're not best friends, but at practice you're supporting one another. It meets you're encouraging. Um, that's a big that's a big thing for us. Um, uh, for me, it's about building uh, confidence in the girls and getting that they believe mm-hmm. that they're not, um, yeah, they belong. Like believe mm-hmm. is our word this year. And last year, nobody in, you know, the state of Indiana believed that we were, we were going to do good things and we mm-hmm. did. Um, but we had to do that um, on our own. We had to believe in ourselves. And I think that's a big part of it is um, in girls is believing that they belong and that they're capable of far more than they actually think they are. Um, and so it's so something I work on every day. I think our assistant coaches do too, is getting the girls to believe that they can do so much more than they think um, mm. themselves. And, you know, for us as Westfield rolling into a meet and what I tell them is, you know, there's still this kind of, and again, uh, you know, like I'm big friends, <laughs> friends with uh, Colin and, and coach Marshall. And, mm-hmm. um, but still like when, we roll in a meet every week. Like, oh, Carmel's there, and for me, I I, I try to remind them like we're there mm. too. Um, and when you're on the line, it's not looking left or right to say, oh, oh, look who's here. It's mm-hmm. reminding that we're here, and um, being confident on the starting line. Um, so that's a big part of it. Um, I think for us is just believing and getting better at that. That's all. That's powerful. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, well, in closing, is there anything else uh, that you'd like to share with our audience? Anything else before we wrap up? Um, <laughs> so, no, as I'm I just, it's just funny. As I'm looking down, I have uh, two of my dogs who are just destroying a dog bed right now. <laughs> that, that's happening. Um, yeah, those that, yeah, those that know me well know I have a lot of animals and it's kind of just a big part of my life. Um, you're, not, you're not in your podcasting studio? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, where are you, Josh? Um, I'm in my basement. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, I just, I'm excited. Um, I love running, been very fortunate, like, just excited. I love being back in coaching and seeing so many um, 
and maybe it's the same for you seeing people you ran with in high school in the coaching <laughs> capacity um finding people that <laughs> love running are are back with coaching and i think that's just really exciting for all of us kind of in indiana to get that experience awesome yeah for sure so we we met what three weeks ago for the first yeah. time yep and like I asked you about a week ago if you wanted to be my second guest. And this is our first like ever conversation, really. So I didn't know how it was going to go, but this was really awesome. I actually, I don't know, not actually, I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, no, and like, I likewise. Uh, thank you for having me. I was really excited when Colin reached out and yeah. asked me if I would be a part of it. I've been bugging uh, Colin and Taylor quite a bit to have me as a guest on the podcast. I see um, why. <laughs> um, I was like when are you gonna have a, a female guest on the podcast uh specifically me mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> so I'm really glad it finally happened uh so thanks for the questions and taking the time to have me absolutely uh where are you guys at this weekend so we're Brown County okay also there it's our first time in Brown County after several years away okay um, so I'm excited to be back there and then I think we're 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 all at Flash Rock um, the following weekend together again. Um, and then, uh, and then of course, we have, we have conference. That's, you know, a little touchy subject there, but we won't <laughs> weekend. Um, and then Nike. Yeah, I think I think mm -hmm. for the most part, we we see each other every weekend. And, and hopefully every weekend until the end of October. Yep, yep. Sounds like it. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you for your time again. Thank you. You too, Josh. And uh, yeah, I'll see you this weekend. All right. Sounds good. Goodbye, right. everybody. Bye. Have a good night.